I was speaking to Auntie Olwyn earlier today, and um, she was saying how the worship has been good for many, many years here. And I must say, I think it's only when you visit other churches that you sometimes see how blessed you are here. So I really want to just, just give a round of applause to your worship team here. I think they do so well, really, really well. Um, I just feel to also just pray just before we get into the message. Sorry, for those that don't know me, my name is Jason. Um, I sort of grew up a little bit in this church. You know, when I came here, I was a single, well, not quite single, but I was a, a bachelor, and now I'm a married man with children, um, and now I even preach in a Thai. Can you believe it? I'm growing up nicely. Amen? Anyway, it's really good to be here. This is like coming home for me. Um, but I really feel to pray just for anyone who has a, a need, a prayer request. I know we got a prayer request uh, from Nkosi Linda just for divine in- intervention for permanent residency. And we're definitely going to pray for you as well. Are there any other prayer requests that you would like for us to pray for? You could just say it out loud, whether it's for you or for someone else. Any specific prayer requests? Yes. Okay, for Keisha. Okay, Keisha will pray for you as well. Anyone else? Yes. Sorry? Okay. Okay, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask uh, Uncle Timothy just to come up and just just commit these people to the Lord. Um, Yeah, thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand before you as your children. And Lord, as we've just sung, we want to turn our eyes to you. It's in moments like these that we realize without you, we are nothing. And without you, Lord, we cannot do anything. You are the very source of our lives. When things go wrong and when things don't seem to work out, as we would like them to work out, we know, Lord, that you can make a way where there seems to be no way. In the midst of the chaos we are living in, in our world today, you are still the one that gives us assurance. You are the one that is in control of every situation. Even those that has Ask for prayer this morning, Lord. You know their situation. You know what their very need is. In the minutest detail, you know everything that they, they need right now. And I pray, Lord, in your mercy and your grace that you will meet them at the point of their need, whatever that, that might be. If it's financial, if it's health-wise, if it's uncertainty about what will happen tomorrow if it's a need of any kind Lord we pray that you will undertake and that you will have your way and Lord we promise to give you all the praise and the glory for we know that you are faithful you will never go back on what you have promised you are always true to your word and thank you that we can just pray that you will have your way If it's not right now, then tomorrow or the day after. Whenever you see the right time, Lord, to come through in whatever matter, do so, Lord. 
according to your will. Pray for uh, Linda as she seeks you, and as a family, that she seek you for that permit of residence. We pray, Lord, that you'll undertake for them. You know why you brought them to our country. You know of their service in this country. We pray, Lord, that you will have your way, even concerning that matter. And as we come to your word this morning, I pray, Lord Jesus, that our hearts will be wide open so that we might receive what you have in store for us. Lord, we come from holidays. Many of us have traveled far and wide. Some of us has just been around town and just visiting family. Some of us has gone through some struggles during this time. Many have lost loved ones. Others have family uh, problems or crises of whatever kind. We pray, Lord, that as we come to you this morning, as we listen to your word, that we will be encouraged once again. And that your word will touch us as never before. And may hope arise this morning as we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. All right, I want to encourage you just to get comfortable in your seats. Um, ask the person next to you, are you comfortable? Just, you know, we're going to get ready to go into God's Word. And the topic of today's discussion is character over comfort. Character over comfort. And the subtitle there is Choose to Grow in 2022. And I know that as we go into every year, I know that we naturally grow. But I want to encourage you to be far more intentional about your growth going into the next year. And even though I asked you to feel or to get comfortable, this is going to be a very uncomfortable message. And my hope is to sort of push you into a bit of a corner, okay, so that you can make a decision. And in order to do that, I'm going to start just by showing you a few pictures that I guarantee is going to make you very uncomfortable. I'm going to start easy, and I'll work my way into it, okay? Don't be scared. Everything's okay. I'll show you the first picture. First picture, and some of you will not see what's wrong with that picture. But if you suffer from OCD, if you are, perf if you are a perfectionist, I know that you will see what is wrong in that picture. Can anyone see what's wrong there? It makes no sense. I mean, that paving's been laying there for quite a while, and no one has fixed it. Okay, now I'm the kind of guy that'll, you know, I like go fetch my truffle key and make a hole and fix it. But that makes me very uncomfortable. Does that make anyone here uncomfortable? Right, let's move on. Let's, let's take it up a level. Who on earth decides to cut a pie like that? I mean, that person has problems. There's something wrong in their lives. They need deliverance because who cuts a pie like that? It makes no sense. Right, okay, anyone? Anyone you're uncomfortable? Okay. Right, move on. Has anyone ever had a Kit Kat and taken a bite like that? I, I have never. You know, you like break off one piece at a time, and then like, Lord, should I have another one? And then he says, okay, you can have another one. And you're like, Lord, must I? And then you eat the whole thing. But a bite like that, there's a problem. There's a problem. Thank you, Edgar. Next one. Okay, this may be strange, but my wife is always on my case for when I eat you know, to like properly clean the fork, I bite the fork so that all the food comes out. That sound that it makes, does that make anyone else uncomfortable here? I don't know, it just, it just works that way. My lips maybe aren't hard enough to clean, but that makes uncomfortable. The next one. 
Okay, now we're getting levels now. I mean, this is a win-win. It's a win-win, like you can have breakfast and brush your teeth at the same time in the same meal. It just makes sense. But that's very uncomfortable. Am I correct? It's just, what are we doing? I mean, I don't know if, like, if you went to someone's house, you know, like you went to visit Auntie Tracy and she like, brings these hot dogs and you're like... I mean, who would actually take a bite and say, or, or rather say, sorry, <laughs> like, I love you, but this is not going to work for me. Right, let's take it up another notch. Let's take it up a notch. Socks in mud. I mean, it's better to take the socks off and walk barefoot in the mud. I mean, that I can live with, but socks in mud makes me very uncomfortable. Really, really bad. And then I think it's the last one. No, there's two more. One more. This one is very strange. This person needs to go see someone about what they're doing with their lives. Um, that just doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? I mean, like, I remember, like, I remember my younger brother, uh, you know, he was lazy to make sandwiches, you know, so, like, we'd put butter on the one side and not on the other side. And my mother shouted at him one day and said, please put butter on both sides of my sandwich. And he put butter on all four sides of the sandwich. Um, yeah, but that is strange. And the last one, which is probably the most uncomfortable picture you'll see today is that. I mean, I just want to start blinking like, what's going on here? What is going on? But today we're talking about character over comfort. I mean, as humans, we crave for comfort. I mean, from the, like, from the time we are born, we crave for the warm embrace and arms of our mother who's there to comfort us. As little children, you know, when we fall and get hurt, you know, I mean, the first thing we do is we shout, Daddy! No, we don't. We shout, Mommy! Because they're going to be there to comfort us. Like the father say, come on, man, get a move on. You're okay. But a mother will say, oh, shame. You know, like, even if it's fake, we feel comforted in that moment, you know. I mean, as we go through school and we start making friends, we, you see, like, we want to make friends with people who, like, accept us who we are and with whom we feel comfortable with. And, like, even as an adult, like, I've said, no, I don't want to be rich necessarily. I just want to have a good job and be comfortable because that's what we want. And as you retire later on in your life, all you want is to be comfortable. But I want to let you know that you can search your whole life for comfort and you'll never find it. It's a trap. It is a lie. And this is the reason. And this is important because God is more concerned about your character than your comfort. Over and over again, he's more concerned about building your character than making you comfortable. And I want to journey with you through James chapter 1, just a few verses in that chapter. And I know you've probably read this before many, many times, but it's beautiful that as we read Scripture, every time you read it, it's going to say something different to us because we are different people and we're in a different place in our lives. But I know that I'm going to speak for, you know, like a little while and you're probably going to forget a lot of what I say. But I want you, as we journey through this message today, through this conversation, to hold on to that one word that God gives you. You know, like it's a verse, it's a phrase, it's something that he drops in your heart that you know that's what I've got to hold on to. And as we journey, I want to encourage you to allow God to develop that as we read James 1. Okay, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Please don't crucify me for that. But it just said it so well. All right, James 1 verse 1 says, This letter is from James, a slave of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, and these were Jewish believers scattered abroad. And then he says, greetings. 
Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So, let it grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, uh, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And then verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. And then it says that He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a powerful scripture there. Did you grab something? Did you hold on to something God has shared with you? And we're going to unpack this a little bit. I'm going to walk through this step by step and we're going to go as deep as we can go here. And then afterwards I want to share some practical advice with you. But it's beautiful how this opens there. James says he's a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Okay, now James, or this James at least, is the half-brother of Jesus. Okay, so if I was Jesus' half-brother, if I was related to Jesus, every time I start my sermon I'm going to say, Hi, my name is Jason and I'm actually the brother of Jesus. You know, because that's going to give you some, like, authority and some approval. But here he says, not that I'm a half-brother of Jesus, he says, I'm a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting that he calls himself a slave. I mean, another version says that he calls himself a servant or a bond servant. I mean, what is a slave? A slave is someone's legal property. Legal property. They have no rights. They must obey their master at all costs. And they work very, very hard. And I wonder as you just describe yourself in your relationship with Jesus, you're like, what do you say about yourself? Do you say, oh, well, you know, like I'm a Baptist or, you know, I'm a believer or something casual like that. Here James says, I'm a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, it is his obligation to share this word. He has no choice. And he's got to say it exactly as he has said it. But it goes on to say that he's writing to Jewish believers scattered abroad. Right, okay, so just for those who are a bit deeper spiritual, I just want to share a bit of uh, just background. This is one of the earliest letters ever written. And after Stephen was martyred, okay, persecution just increased. You know, and there was a lot of uh, Jewish Christian communities in all these areas scattered abroad. But they were going through so much trouble. It was a really difficult time in their lives. But the difference between them and us is that they didn't have a Christian community, a church like we have that was there to support them and encourage them. I mean, imagine if you were on your own, just like hiding out somewhere, and all you have is, is, is your Bible, and no one else to talk to, no one else, and people are trying to hunt you down and kill you. It almost sounds a little bit like today, where, I mean, I'm 30 years old, and I don't think life has ever been this difficult. You know, I know you're like 16 going, Pfft. I mean, I've experienced some things before. But it's just wave after wave after wave. I probably shouldn't, that, like, I probably shouldn't use that word anymore, wave after wave. But it's just trial after trial from the parliament burning down to COVID to I don't know what's going on. You don't know who to trust, where to go, what to do. And I believe that God has this message for us today. 
in this difficult time that we're going through. And you know, we've got this thing of, ach, it's 2019, but 2020 is going to be my year. And then 20 was like, yo, it was a tough year, but 2021. And then 2021 is like, oh my word, this is bad. Anyway, like we hope for 2022 to come. But I tell you that this year is going to be filled with a lot of problems, a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache. But this is a word straight from the heart of God to encourage you. And this is what that encouragement looks like. We see in verse 2, it starts, when troubles come your way. That doesn't encourage me at all. When troubles come away. Okay, so first it says when. So that means it's going to happen. And then it says it's coming your way. Your way. Okay, so you can't sort of dodge and say, no, no, no. It is definitely coming, and it's coming for you. Every single pers- person in this room is going to encounter some troubles this year. When trouble comes your way. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. But here James says, when it comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Great joy. How can I see troubles as an opportunity for great joy? I mean, is it only me that is a bit just confused and actually uncomfortable by that? How can you say that? I mean, tell me that I'm going to have job security and my children are going to grow up and we're going to have enough and we're going to be sorted and you know, the church that I'm working at, we're going to grow and see God move in miraculous ways. That to me sounds like an opportunity for great joy. But when trouble comes, that's the opportunity for great joy. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me at all. And I find it very hard. But this opportunity of great joy. Okay, so, right, so troubles are coming. And then there's, it's like that's going to bring some joy. But then it says there in verse 3, when your faith is tested. So see this opportunity. When your faith is tested. Okay, so now there's a test as well in this whole mix. What on earth is going on? My faith is now going to be tested as well. But you know what? I believe that when the enemy attacks, he's only after one thing, and that's your faith. He's coming after your faith. If you can doubt just a little bit in Lord, you may be praying and trusting. If you can doubt just a little bit, I think he's got you. Are there any overthinkers in the room? Please don't put up your hand. But I'm sure there are some overthinkers in this room where you mull on something over and over again, going through all the options. I believe that as overthinkers, Okay, we are overthinkers because we doubt. We doubt. And we're trying to analyze and trying to figure out how this thing is going to go. I mean, look how Satan tempts Adam and Eve. He says, but did God really say? Just trying to sow a bit of doubt. You know, even to Jesus he goes, but if you are the son of God, if you are the son of man, why don't you? And I got saved at the age of 15. Okay? And I was... I would say a good child, you know. I was very scared of my parents, you know, which naturally made me very obedient. Um, I was very scared to do anything wrong, so I was a really good kid. And when I got saved, because I was already living a good life, I just carried on living the life that I was living before, because what am I supposed to change? You know, like I didn't have the testimony of, oh, you know, I was into drugs and doing those things, and then God saved me. I was just like, I was in church, <laughs> and I was praying every night, and we had devotions, and now I'm saved, and let's just carry on living the life that I lived. But you know, when I left home, and you know, to me, PE was the big city, and I came to the city, and for the first time, my faith was tested, and I crumbled. I gave in to almost every temptation that came. It's important that our test, sorry, that our faith needs to be tested. And we see this often, you know, as kids leave home and go to study. I mean, just 
just just follow social media. You know, someone who was a good like youth leader, they were committed, and, you know, and then all of a sudden we're like, what's going on? What's happening? But our faith needs to be tested. Why must our faith be tested? So that our endurance has a chance to grow. Our endurance must grow. Our endurance has to grow. I mean, what does endurance mean? It is the ability to remain active for a long period of time. Right, okay, I know that we've tried exercising before. You know, so you run a bit and then you walk about 40%, and then you run a little bit and you walk again. But endurance is being able to run for a long period of time. It's the ability to resist and withstand. It's the ability to recover quickly. It's the ability to be immune from trauma, wounds, and fatigue. Endurance is needed in our faith walk with Jesus. Another Bible, maybe your Bible uses the word perseverance. Perseverance is really needed. It's doing something. It's persisting in doing something despite its difficulty or delay. It's holding on, hoping that things are going to change. You know, interestingly, the King James Version uses the word patience. Patience. I'm not a very patient person at all. Okay, yes, I'm patient with my children most of the time. (laughs) But patience is a difficult thing. But I want to let you know that endurance, perseverance, and patience is so important in our faith journey. I want to let you know that endurance, perseverance, and patience is not produced by comfort. No, not at all. Not at all. We have to make sure that we seek endurance, perseverance, and patience. And that's why verse 4 says, so let it grow. It has to grow. And in fact, we should be looking for opportunities to grow, you see, like to grow these things. We have to look for those. And then it says, when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Is there anyone here who wants to be perfect and complete and not needing anything? Right, is it only me? Amen. Well, I, well, I mean, like, that's what I want. But I don't want to go through the endurance part to get to that part. I just want to skip straight to that. You know, and another version says, when your endurance is fully developed, uh, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Can I say that again? It says, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for absolutely anything. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, in, like another version says that you will be mature and perfect. I want to be mature. But endurance produces maturity. It produces character. It produces contentment for me to be happy in my situation. It brings about a blessing and it definitely produces faith. But we need wisdom. We need godly wisdom. And that's why it says if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Generous God. Because he's going to give you wisdom and he's going to give it to you generously. It's a necessity for life. And you know, verse 6 and 7 sort of shook me a bit. You know, because it says that you've got to put your faith in God alone. You've got to be sure of your faith in God alone. And don't waver and have loyalty that's divided because that kind of person shouldn't ask anything from God or shouldn't even, you see, or shouldn't even expect to receive anything from God. Today I'm talking about character over comfort. It's not about comfort. Put that to one side. We've got to chase character this year. Got to chase character this year. And I want to share just with you five points briefly today. I want you to make notes of these. I want you to hold on to these. These are very, very important and, and really going to help us journey through 2022. And I hope that you're still holding on to that one word, that one thing that God is impressing on your heart. And the first point I want to share with you today is to change your perspective. 
change your perspective. Often, I'm focused on the trial at hand. That's all I can see, it's all I can think of. Like when I meet people and they ask, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, but yo, this thing is happening. The pastor comes to visit. I'm just sharing about my problem and sharing about my problem. And that's all I'm focused on. But if we change our perspective, and instead of seeing the situation, I rather see an opportunity to grow. I see an opportunity to grow myself. I can find the lesson in that situation. And I believe that God makes these trials such, in, uh, such instruments for our blessings. And as we go through the year, and we, you see like we are guaranteed by Scripture, the troubles are going to come and it's going to come our way. But when they come, when they come, please, please, please look beyond that situation and look beyond that problem or that challenge. I mean, even look beyond the impossibility that is faced uh, just there in front of you. And we see a scripture says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We fix our eyes on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's a beautiful thing to know that we have to look beyond that what we see. You know, because when you sit and you analyze and you analyze, all you can do is analyze all that you see. And you can only analyze the facts that are in front of you. But God can see what you can't see. And he knows a lot more than you know. So as we go through this year, change your perspective. And go, I know this is difficult, but it's temporary. And God's using this to grow me, to teach me something so that I can be better, so that I can be strong in character and ready for anything. Change your perspective this year. Stop looking for comfort. It's a trap. But look for opportunities to grow your character. You know, I come to you and say, you know, let's go to spa and pray for people. No, 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 no. Sorry, that's not what I do. Jason, you are the way you are, but I'm different. I'm built different. Just, this is not me. But how would we go, I've never done this before. But maybe God's trying to teach me something. You know, okay, but God loves me so much. Why would he not answer my prayer? Well, maybe he's trying to teach you something. Change your perspective this year. And focus on what is unseen. And I love that you sang that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Number one, see things differently this year. I'm telling you, you're going to leave here today and something's going to happen. Someone's going to swerve in front of you in the road. You're gonna, oh my word, the people in this country just can't drive. No, no, no. Change your perspective. Maybe say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But find a different way to respond to things. You know, as what's happening with the government, and now there's a Zondo commission, I'm going, well, he's given it to the president, and he's in there, you know, like, are things going to change? How about we decide to pray for him, rather? Change our perspective this year. And number two, and this is important, know that God is with you. I know that's a cliche thing. It's been said over and over and over again. But I want you to look at that again with a new perspective, because now you've already changed your perspective. Know that God is with you. That's a beautiful thing to go, I mean, you know, and I've shared our testimony of a church where I just, you know, took the step into full-time ministry and then the pastor says he's got a job in Germany and I'm thrown into the deep end. I've never done this before. I've never done it on this scale. But what comforted me was knowing that God is with me every single step of the way. Know that God is with you. It's a beautiful thing to know that God is with you in your trials. You know, but someone asks, but why would he just you know, come and sit next to you while you struggle. Like, why doesn't he help you out of that? You know, but a pastor once said, you know, that sometimes God has to deliver you in something before he can deliver you out of something. 
You know, as you're stuck in that trial, he wants to teach you something and develop something and grow something in you. And only then, once you've learned the lesson, then he's go, okay, right, I think now we can go. You know, I've got a three-year-old daughter and she throws tantrums. Um, and I'm sure there's nothing new to you. Um, and, you know, sometimes she's like, no, I'm not going to do this. But we'll stay there. We've got to push. Like, even if I have to you know, take a hand and say, right, we will walk to mommy and you will apologize to mommy right now. Even if you just repeat after me, it's going to happen. And after that, she's happy again, smiling, and later she'll come to mommy and say, mommy, I love you. Sometimes God has to deliver us in something first before he helps us out of it. And that's so important because think about it. If God just answered our prayers immediately, does that require faith? It doesn't grow character in any way. It's important to know that God is with us in our situation. And you know, we just celebrated Christmas. And again, one of those things that we just say willy-nilly, but it's so important. So important. Then Matthew says, you know, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Okay, so now we don't have to hope anymore that God who's far away can hear, so we've got to you know, be close to the Ark of the Covenant or being the Holy of Holies to get, now he's with us, you know. And then he personally goes and asks the Father to send his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. He's with you every step of the way. If the trial comes this year, the first thing goes, say, Lord, I'm, I'm shocked. I don't know what to do, but thank you that I know that you're with me. You're with me right here. Know this year in every aspect that God is with you. And whether you're going to East London or to Cape Town or to Durban, wherever you're going this year, he's going to be there. Same God that's with me here is going to be with you there. Know that God is with you. And number three, this one I don't like, but it's something we have to do. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You know, as overthinkers, we're often thinking things as I said, and we go through those things. But we need to wait on him. We need to wait on the Lord because it's in the waiting period that character is developed. You know, I think of it like just like praying for someone who, you know, maybe has a terminal illness and we're trusting the Lord, saying, Lord, please help this person. Tomorrow she's healed. I'll go praise the Lord. And that's great. But the times we have to really pray through something, trusting God for the salvation of your children, for, for a better job, for your situation to change a little bit. You're trusting God. It's in the waiting of praying and praying and praying. And then God comes through. Got to wait on the Lord. This is interesting. I read this this year. It says there that it's in the waiting and the silence that faith and character is built. It's in the waiting and the silence that character and faith is built. And then it said that we have to know that the presence of silence does not mean the absence of God. The presence of silence does not mean that God doesn't see you and hear you. He knows exactly what you're doing. I mean, I had a friend who had amazing favor with the Lord when it came to employment. He was never unemployed. He went from the one job to the next job to the next job, and God was always favor, like showing him favor in that moment. But then there came a time when he was unemployed for a year and a half. So I'm going, well, I know that God loves you, and he's always shown you favor. And I know that he would give you a job because he knows that you need one. Why then is he not giving you a job? Why has he withheld that from you for a year and a half? And I believe God was doing something in his life because God wanted to change his course. You know, he went from fitting and turning to teaching. And if he was stuck in his job, I don't think that transition would have happened. And you know, he's happier than he's ever been before. 
because God had to stop him in his tracks. And sometimes we've got to get to that place in our lives where God just says, no, 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 I want you to wait. Yes, I know you've been trusting me, but just wait because I'm building something. I'm developing, I'm doing something in your life. And in 2022, I'm telling you, there are going to come moments where you're going to wait. And I know you've been like, man, it's been 2019 and I'm still waiting for this thing. Well, God's doing something. And change your perspective. Change your perspective. Know that he's with you. And there's a purpose and a reason why he's doing that. This beautiful scripture in Romans 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope. And then it says, Be patient in tribulation. You know, often like we, he's like we're trying to get out of that tribulation. But he says, Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Wait on the Lord this year. Wait because I'm telling you, He is faithful. And His scripture even says, even when, when we are unfaithful, He remains faithful because He cannot deny who He is. Wait on the Lord. And number four, step out in faith. Step out in faith. We need to walk by faith and ask God just for clarity and guidance. But you know, often I've seen in my own life, and I'm sure you can testify to this as well, you know, you can sit and pray and pray and pray for something. But unless you actually take that first step of faith, then it seems like things start falling into place. We've got to get up and take that first step of faith. It's so important. You know, I remember when I was praying and I'm like, Lord, I think I'm ready to get married. And I was like, hey, Lord, but I don't know. You know, Uncle Timothy's looking at me in certain ways. And until you know, keeps asking me lots of questions. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm... You know, I'm looking for financial stability first because I need to be comfortable, you know, when I get married. Um, and I decided, and God placed it on my heart, to take a step of faith. And I went out that day and I went to buy a ring. And I went into about five jewelers realizing that, okay, maybe the step of faith was a bit, uh, you know, just ambitious. But the Lord was great and, you know, I managed to pay off the ring. And, and then just things just started falling into place because then my youth pastor was moving back to America said, Jason... Like, we know you're getting married soon. Here's a bunch of furniture. It's like, okay, thank you. You know, so if I was still stuck there, praying and trusting, waiting, I may still not be married today. But we've got to take a step of faith. And then things start falling into place. And that's what Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. So therefore, we actually got to close our eyes and just walk. I mean, I want do that now but we've got to close our eyes to what we're seeing around us and take a step of it if God's saying you got to do this do you know like I once met a student and I was like you know you, you're like you're matrix so what are you doing next year oh, no, I want to study but there's no money so I'll just find a job I was like are you a child of God you're like do you know that in this country that you can study for free today you can study for free like I didn't have that privilege now you can study for free take a step of faith and trust God to do something amazing in your lives. But you know what? Even if you take that step of faith and things don't work out, it's okay because your character will have grown. And God will have taught you something because character building is not, you see, like, is not determined by the outcome. It's not determined by the outcome. I would encourage you to take big steps of faith this year. Do you know I mean? That idea, that plan that you have, that thing that you want to do, and people like, might think you're crazy. Take a step of faith this year trust God to see just him do amazing things in your lives and number five the last one today choose character over comfort a friend once told me that comfort zones are wastelands where nothing grows 
I mean, I see that in my own quiet time, you know. Like I get on the couch, I get comfortable, I put on my worship music, and then I fall asleep. Because that's what comfort does. But we've got to choose character over comfort. Got to choose character over comfort. And, you know, for many, this may sound funny, but for some it's far deeper than, you know, than that. Is that as we go through this year, we've got to choose mind over mattress. And like, I don't look around because I know, you know, some of you are like real sleepers. And you're like, I mean, I'll pray tonight. Like mind over mattress. Let's sacrifice a little bit of sleep to hear from God. I mean, I know there's some older people who go, man, that quiet time at four or five in the morning just hits differently. Anyone like that? That's when you've got to pray. I mean, the evening one, yeah, it's all right, but, you know, that morning one. And how about just for a few days this year? How about wake up early and hear how God speaks differently in the morning to you? Choose character over comfort. But, you know, I've just seen like how lockdown has slowed down and now we're able to come back to church. And all of a sudden the 30 and 40 year olds have just disappeared from church. This I've seen at almost every pastor's church that I've like interacted with. The 30 and 40 year olds have just not come back to church. And I'm asking you, are the only committed Christians we have those who are 50, 60 years old? Like, are those the only committed Christians we have in church? And I think we need to do things differently at church. But you know what? I think the older people know what it means to endure. And they've experienced a life of hardship. I mean, I mean they went from like, I don't like being in a war and apartheid and like gone through so many things in life. You know, they know what it means to endure and to persist and to be patient. And I think as younger people, I want to encourage you to spend time with these older people. And I, and I hope you don't take offense to me calling you older. But I want to encourage you to have conversations with the older people. And you reach out to the younger people. And like I believe we can teach each other something. You know, we can learn from each other's testimonies. But I believe that we can only see the depth of your character only when you experience some pressure. Only when you're under pressure, then we can see whether you are as strong as you say you are. You know, because it's easy to be kind to someone when they are nice to you, but when they treat you unfairly, can you still be kind to that person? And that's what the word says. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. You know, I remember just like teaching this young man to play bass. He wanted to play bass. So I said, come, I'll teach you. And he's like, no, I want to learn to play this song. I'm like, no, I can't teach you to play a song. I can teach you chords, and then you can play any song you want. No, 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 I'm not interested in that. I just want to play the song. Okay, so you can play the song, but that's not going to help him. Because what character does, it makes a strong in character and ready for anything. That's what endurance does. Endurance, persistence, patience. It helps us grow. But that's what Jesus even says. He says that if you try and hold on to your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you'll find. I just, want to cl- I just want to ask you just to close your eyes just for a moment. really want you just to reflect on what God has said to you. I know that for someone, he's given that idea that's been brewing in your heart for a while, but you just don't know how that's going to work out. Or maybe you've been trusting him for something for so long, but it just doesn't seem like it's coming together. Whatever it is that God's just placed on your heart today, we're going to hold on to that. And we're going to trust Him. You know, not just to like naturally grow, you know, in this year, 
but to be intentional about our growth and say, Lord, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want the hardships and the trouble and the waiting and the waiting, but I know that there's something that you're doing in me, something that you want to do in me. And this year, I'm not going to chase after my comfort, but I'm going to chase character. I want to see things differently this year. I want to experience your presence and power in my life. I mean, like more than I've ever experienced it before. I don't want to doubt and overthink and moan and whine and complain. I want to put my faith in you. I want to take a step of faith and trust you. Choose character over comfort. Choose to see things differently. God leading me. I want to be brave. I want to grow. And by the end of this year, I want people to see, man, it's amazing how much that person has grown. Because you know, the one thing that the world has encouraged us to chase after is comfort. I don't see that in Scripture. I don't see that in the life of Jesus. I don't see that in the life of the apostles. I don't see that in the lives of the early church. Maybe God's doing something. And you know, I'm sitting, like I'm standing here today and, and thinking, how many lessons have I missed in the past? How many times was I blind to the things that God was doing? But not again. Going forward, I choose to take a step of faith. I'm going to choose character over comfort. And it's something bold and brave to say in the moment. But when the going gets tough and the pawpaw hits the fan, it gets a bit more difficult. And that's why we come to church. Because we're encouraged by the people around us. And that's why we spend time in His Word. Because His Word works in our hearts and renews our minds. And I'm going to ask you to do something really brave today. It's nice to sit there and, 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 and you know, like allow me to like lead you in a prayer, but I want you to make the commitment all on your own, yourself before God. And if you're saying, you, I'm not ready for this yet, I don't know how I'm going to do this, I've got some things to grow in on, but I'm going to choose character over comfort. I'm going to hold on to that idea that that thing that God wants me to do, I'm going to do it this year. And if that's you, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are and make that commitment before God. Is there anyone who's going to choose for character building and not comfort this year? If that's you, would you stand? Thank you. Thank you. I don't want you to look around. This is between you and God. You know, because when it goes tough for you, like I may not be there, and you can't come to me and say, Yeah, Jason, no, no, no. You're choosing character over comfort this year. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. I believe God can do it. I've heard so many testimonies of Him of Him being faithful to people before. I know it in my own life, and I know that if He's done it for me and so many others, He can and will do it for you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. So I'm not going to lead you in prayer. I'm just going to give a few moments of silence and you just talk to God right where you are. Come on, speak to Him. Share your heart to Him. Lord, I thank You for coming to us in troubled times to encourage us. In your scripture you say, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Thank you for telling us today and thank you for telling us so straightforward. 
Lord, I repent. We repent for the times when we sought comfort. Lord, this year we put aside our own comfort and our own desires and our own wants. And we seek your plan, your purpose for our lives. And we want your identity and the place where you want us to be and your purposes for our lives. Lord, we know it's going to be tough. But Lord, we see them as opportunities of great joy. Great joy, Lord. And as our faith is tested, Lord, that we will endure, that we will persevere, that we will be patient. And as that endurance grows in our lives, in our hearts, Lord, as it grows, Lord, we will be strong in character and ready for anything, Father. That you'll make us mature this year. That you'll make us content. That you'll just like build our faith to hold on to you and your word. Lord, we choose character over comfort. And Lord, we say less of us and more of you. This is all about you. We give you all the glory. Thank you that you'll be with us every step of the way. Lord, we thank you for the great work that you've started today. And we know that you are committed to bringing that to completion. You are faithful. You will bring it to completion. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ask the worship team to come up and we're just going to close in a song. And as we sing the song, I want you to continue to make that the prayer of your heart.